Welcome to The Wine Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, hello and welcome to The Wine Down. My name's Nick and with me I have Scott. Hello, Scott. How are you? Yeah, hello, Nick. Long time no see. Absolutely, absolutely. I and mean, you're not really with me, are you? Because we're we're still in lockdown. No, we're still locked. We're going to be for another week. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. That means, luckily, luckily, Scott got me to buy a couple of bottles of wine, so I've got one for today and one for next week, and we don't even have to share it. Actually, the you know what the funniest thing is? Come. From one of the vendor events we were at a little while ago, I actually won two tickets to the uh, State of Origin. Oh, yes, that they've now moved we, to Newcastle and you're not allowed to go to. Yeah, yes, but that's all right, because <laughs> I gave them to other people in the company. I said, hey, we've got these tickets, you should go. And they're, oh, this is great. Oh, cool, I've got something, you know. And now they can't go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fairly funny, but I'm, I'm not going to get too much into it. It's quite sad, really, if you think about it. Uh, well, I know. It, uh, it was good going at the time. <laughs> it was. It was. Now, um, let's start. Where are we? What are we drinking? We're, we're well. We're in the internet somewhere, <laughs> virtually <laughs> sitting at home. I think, which is a bit depressing by ourselves. <laughs> the glass of red. Um, <laughs> but um, as as it's been said during the current lockdown, this probably describes the majority of working conditions for everybody. <laughs> it does. Um, I don't know how Dry July is going. I only know one person doing it, and even they were taking their um, their wet passes or whatever it is they have. <laughs> Golden <laughs> ticket, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I got an email so, um, from Dry July. It says, um, you look like you're not doing Dry July this year. Would you like to tell us why? And it had a bunch of options, and none of them said, I'm in lockdown, leave me alone. <laughs> lockdown when the... Um, the businesses that sell alcohol uh, increase in value four times um, so absolutely what do we got this is a broken wood this is uh, the current broken wood release yes we, and we've matched bottles it's not just labels it's not the virtual internet uh sending little pictures around this is the real hunky-dory thing which we've managed to find in two different locations in the country very um, clever <laughs> it's a it's a cab sad merlot so it's about two-thirds Cab Sav, one-third Merlot, although technically if you add up the percentages, uh, there's still 2% for something else. I'm not sure if that's Ooh. the air in the bottle or uh, what else goes in there, but um, either that or someone can't add up. But anyway, um, it's uh, this particular one. Now, Broken Wood is more based in the Hunter in Colburn, although this is from vineyards. Uh, the grapes are actually from vineyards in the um, in McLaren Vale, which is better suited towards the, uh, the, the sort of heavier reds and various things. So um, they've actually done quite a good drop, I think. And this, this isn't overly expensive. No, it's very nice, actually. So I like, forget what this is, what, about $30 or something? Well, it's not an yeah, expensive like that. bottle of red by any means, and it's... Um, Certainly very drinkable. It's better than some of the pub wines we've had in previous wine days. <laughs> oh, look, it's it's hard because the, the, the pub's pure profit margin is in alcohol. Mm. So they've got to make enough to do that. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, this is actually quite quite good. 
<laughs> anyway, anyway um, enough about wine, because I'm sure everybody listening yes. would be delighted to hear about wine. Um, but today we're, we're talking about something we started in the um, um, the accounting technology fireside chat this morning. I, I sat with yeah. Trevor at about eight o'clock and we, we, we were talking about, is your data safe? How do you as a business know your data is safe? And, you know, and lots of businesses will say um, they go out to manage service providers to look after their data. But just this week, um, a piece of technology called Remote Management and Monitoring, or RMM, built by a company called Kaseya, and there's lots of different vendors, got impacted by a ransomware attack. So do you want to talk us through what happened, Scott, so we, we kind yeah. of get a view? Yeah, look, um, to, to be fair to... Kaseya. Uh, Kaseya are one of the manufacturers that produce tools that managed service providers use. Uh, one of those tools is a, a little bit of software that sits on all the laptops and PCs and servers that um, are managed, allowing your managed service provider to remotely connect, get statistics, push out patches, all, all sorts of things, basically manage your machine remotely. Um, Kaseya was an, an early player in the industry for this. But remember, we got our first Kaseya licenses back in about 2001 or something like that. We were one of the early ones in Australia getting them at the time. But um, with, um, with that, they've, um, so they've had a fairly good foothold in, in the industry and globally as well. Uh, but there are quite a few providers uh, and uh, just being fair on Kaseya, they're not the only ones that have ever been hit uh, across this time. Um, I know ConnectWise has been hit. Some of the others have had issues. Uh, what we're seeing, though, is that the um, in this particular case, the um, ha hackers are getting into the code, and then it's being distributed out to the agents on the desktops. At which point, it's being run, and people are trying to um, get ransomware extortion out of people. This particular one comes out of um, out of Russia, uh, out of a group with a funny name that I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Um, and the thing that gets me is we, we actually know the names of these groups and we know the countries they're in and yet it's deemed to be an acceptable thing. It's, it's a bit weird. It, I don't it, know. It is, it is a little <laughs> weird. Um, we, just had, we just had a live comment from Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. I'm glad you're watching. Huh. Well, is that our first live comment? No, no, no. We've had live comments before, but they've normally been from our team. So this is probably our first oh. live comment from a real human outside of the um, thing. Oh, wow. A little live comment. <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so um, you've, got, you've actually got active um, uh, ransomware and hacker groups out there going and pushing these things out. Now, this particular one uh, was uh, fairly, fairly, fairly important because it is on a large scale. Uh, and depending on who you are, it's either infected your servers or it's infected workstations and locked them up and said, hey, yeah, pay the ransom in Bitcoin or whatever uh, and uh, we'll send you a key. Uh, strangely enough, they um, this has been going on for three or four days now. They started on the Friday night in the US, just the start of the um, Independence Day long weekend which is generally because everyone's going to leave, it's hard to get people and that's the best way to attack where the response times will be. Um, slow because people aren't there. They, um, they've just come back recently and said, uh, hello world, for $70 million, we'll release a public decryptor that'll just work anywhere. So I, I heard that there were a thousand customer organizations impacted or were there more? I know Kaseya have about 30,000 customer organizations. I thought it's kind of that order of magnitude. Yeah, I'm not sure what the end result is. Um, it's it, 
it's hard there. There's a small number in Australia that are affected. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, CRM Magazine was saying at least 300 customers and at least five managed service providers, but there doesn't seem to be any hard and fast data yeah. about it yet. Yeah, I, I, it, it is sort of guesstimates, I, I think. Um, mm -hmm. But the, um, the, the group involved, though, it, it was interesting. Someone was analysing this and they're saying they, they were perhaps a little more successful than they thought they would be. And as a result, they're not actually up, able to keep up with all these requests for keys or payments or services. So they've actually had to go to the, look, insurance companies around the world, if you will put into this pot and give us this, we'll just give you a global descriptor that can be used yep. everywhere and it'll save you overall time and money and that sort of thing. So, so yeah, it's interesting. So, so for people who are listening who don't really know what ransomware is, why don't you take us through what is ransomware? What does it do? What's the impact? And why do people pay these ransoms? I mean, it's not taking a firstborn away. What, what's going on? Uh, yeah, okay. Look, so um, let's say you've, you've got your business, you've got, um, you've got your data on your uh, on your server or stored in the cloud or something like that, usually on the server. Um, but um, you have um, you've gone to the internet, you've gone to some site somewhere, or someone sent you an email with an attachment. And you've managed to execute a bit of code on your machine, and it's, it's actually not that hard to do. And for whatever reason, your antivirus tools have not picked it up, and they've allowed this code to run. Now, this code would normally go and install itself, and it'll in, in some cases it used to be fairly simple. And in the early days, it was just a bit of code that ran and said, "Oh, I'm running. I can go and do things. Look out! Here I come." These days, it's a lot more complex. They will actually go and tuck themselves away into little corners so that they're, they're still there across reboots. They may hang around for a month or two before even doing anything. Um, and a lot of these exploits are actually very hard to find these days. Um, but what happens is um, the, the code will generally call home to a server somewhere on the internet and find out, hey, have you got anything for me to do? And that server will say, look, I want you to go and encrypt all the data. Once you've encrypted all the files on that computer, See if you can go across to the next computer and install yourself there. See if you can install yourself on the server. And all these remote install things start happening. Wherever they go, the data gets encrypted. And then at some point, a message comes up on the screen and says, hello, I'm a, a nasty bit of software. I've installed, I've encrypted all your data. If you, you won't be able to decrypt it because it's just not really possible. It's been encrypted too well. If you want the key that allows you to decrypt it, send me so many Bitcoin or portions of a bitcoin to this address mm -hmm. now it used to be for small businesses they go around and say oh look, send me five hundred dollars worth or a thousand dollars worth or something like that and that worked relatively well when you've got you know, tens of thousands of businesses affected you can actually get quite a lot of money out of this um, it's the whole thing has evolved a lot since then this is a real business um, you can actually go and get ransomware as a service systems on the dark web you can actually go into, uh, it's like a, a sort of a, per, uh, a partnership with these places where they will actually run the thing for you. They will collect the money for you. They'll give you a percentage of the proceeds. They'll even help you select your target audiences as you would a marketing campaign, like a MailChimp or something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's look, it's very successful. It's, it's where there's this sort of broader two, two to three groups of these people out there doing it. Um, one is your, your nation state. Um, attackers that are probably they're, they're using it for two sorts of things. One is, of course, infiltration in places where they want to go and get into. Another one is to raise money. Some of these nation states don't have a lot of revenue streams, um, yep. and the amount of money they can raise for this is actually quite a lot. You've also got the the new version of the white collar criminals. So this is deemed to be of a global scale. Uh, generates more revenue than drug trafficking. 
and drug trafficking. Uh, wow. Does. And if you so, think about, so, yeah, go on. So, so oh, I, was, I, was, I was looking. I was looking at scamwatch.gov.au, oh, yeah. which is the yeah. website to go if you think you've been ransomware, run by the Australian government. If you're in Australia, and they were saying, don't pay them. Mm. Well, this only works if people pay. Right now, the problem there's a because otherwise it's a lot of activity, a lot of effort being spent for what nothing. So, so what, what, what happens, are your normal? What what happens if yeah. you don't pay them, Scott? You've got okay. all your documents and data encrypted. You can't decrypt yeah, you them. You can't use them. Okay, so what do you do? All of a sudden, people started restoring from backups. Okay, I've lost the days, whatever. This is annoying. Um, I'm just going to restore from a backup I had the night before. And look, all my data's here. And I've worked out how this thing got in, and I'm not going to let it run. The initial response to that was, when these things come to infect your systems, don't execute straight away. Hang around for a month or two or number of weeks, number of days. That way you, you've gotten your code into the backup systems. Oh, so you've encrypted the backup, but everyone's kind of still working, not knowing their backup's rubbish. And when they try yes. and restore, they'll lose months and months of data. Okay. Well, or when they restore it, the tools just run again and re-encrypt all their data. <laughs> right. Because you've actually had in your backup a copy of the system. Um They've actually gotten more complex as well. Some of these tools go and search for various backup tools and they disable them. So you think your backups are running every day, all of a sudden a week later, this thing kicks in, you go, oh, I'll restore my backup. And you find your backups haven't actually been working for the last week or two or whatever, assuming you're not monitoring it. Yep. So, so how do, yeah, like we've, we've talked about the evils of this. We've talked about the fact you're not meant to pay them. And I, I've heard as well, um, um, some rumors, not in this country, but in others, that you can actually get into trouble for paying these guys because you're supporting terrorism. You, you can. And if the if the attackers are deemed to be a nation state uh, and they're on one of those lists of thou shall not do business with these countries, um, well, you can't just go and give them millions of dollars because they've come and encrypted your files because you're now supporting that country's terrorist regime. Okay. So... That's bad. That's nasty. We shouldn't pay them. We should go to scamwatch.gov.au and have a look. How do we protect from ransomware? Because I don't want it to happen to me. And I'd normally think I'd go to my IT provider, but in the recent attack, that kind of came from the IT yeah. provider. So what do I do? Look, yeah, and there is no guaranteed 100% magic answer to security. Uh, you can certainly, and this is, it's like a house. You can lock your windows, you can put bars on the windows, you can put guard dogs in front, you know, patrols, whatever. There's always the next step where someone can go to the extra mile to get there. doesn't matter what it is, there'll be another level where some, someone can dig a trench under your house and come up underneath and break in that way. Well, that's a bit extreme. It is, but it's possible. And that's the problem with these things today. Um, the nation states, when they're trying to do really secured attacks on other countries and things like that. Yeah, they'll look for those sorts of things because they know that those places, they've got all the bars on the doors already and so forth. Um, but when you're trying to go to, let's find, see if I can go and infect a million different machines and see what happens and if anybody pays. Because, you know, someone's bound to pay and if I collect a bit of money across, let's see what happens. Not everybody, and it's actually, when you look at the business levels, very few have actually got a number of decent controls in their environment in place. Right. Yeah, they might have antivirus on there, they might have these, they might have a few other things, but they haven't got a whole bunch of things. And if you try 20 or 30 different ways of getting in, chances are, and it's all automated, one of them is going to work. 
So, so I was reading, and I've been quite vocal on, even before this, on Office 365 or Microsoft's ransomware protection solutions. Yes. And when I was researching this podcast we're going to do today and the one we're going to do this morning, I always believed it's when you had Microsoft 365, Microsoft 365 would detect a ransomware attack. It would tell you about it. And if you stored your files on OneDrive or SharePoint, Microsoft would help. Well, you could recover them because it kept versions and all sorts of things. And that's kind of their, their ransomware guarantee. But what I didn't know was you can actually solve this if you've just got OneDrive home or personal. Yeah, that's, that's fairly new. It used to be just OneDrive for business with the ransomware protection. Yes, so this is a new article I'm reading where they actually, if you've got um, um, OneDrive Home or Personal, they'll email you and say, hey, we found some ransomware. We protected your data in OneDrive. Here's the steps you need to go through to, um, and there's four steps, right? You, um, You click the link on the notification from Microsoft, which is the first thing you should never do. You should never click links on, links <laughs> on notifications, but but never mind. You Or go to the OneDrive website. That's better. You confirm that your files are infected. You clean all of your devices because you actually want to rebuild them because you've got malware on them. Um, and then mm. if you restore your OneDrive, everything comes back. And the caveat is everything comes back that you've saved in OneDrive everything you've saved on your local PC or on a network attached storage or on a shared drive, it's gone ski, right? We shouldn't really have things on your local PC. Right. You should really have OneDrive set up to say, whenever I'm, I'm storing something on my local computer, I'm really storing it into the OneDrive copy that's in my local so, computer. And, and OneDrive will do that, right? It will back up your desktop. Yeah. It will back up your downloads. It will, it will back up everything as part but of But you've got to turn it on. Now. Yes. You've got to turn that feature on in OneDrive in the settings. You've got to actually say, go and copy my local documents, folder my photos, all that sort of stuff into OneDrive. But if I do, then I'm. it's, it's sounding like to me, if I do that, whether I'm a home user or a business user, and business user, I'm using OneDrive for business, and home user, I'm using OneDrive. If I do that and I get that configured, I'm protected from this type of attack, right? In most cases yeah we, we've seen some scenarios where the ransomware protection doesn't always work with certain antivirus providers mm-hmm. um, it works very well with windows defender um, of course and look, it's, yeah and these are just different approaches um the other thing is uh your antivirus solutions they're not picking up what we call zero day issues zero days are they have not been detected in the wild before these are known yep. threats or threats that people have found that they've not used and therefore no one knows about them. Therefore, they're going to work the first time they're, they're tried. After that, people know about them and they block them. But yes. So if, I, so if I'm thinking if I'm a small business owner or a medium business owner um, and I'm running a business and I like to sweat my assets and I've got older PCs, so I don't have Windows 10, so I don't have OneDrive set up everywhere and I've still got yep. servers and all sorts of things. I'm in a totally different risk position to an organization that just keeps everything up to date and in the cloud, right? Um, you're, yeah, I mean, you are still both exposed to a number of things, but what will happen is that the newer up-to-date organization won't be as vulnerable to a lot of the older, well-known things that are generally protected fairly well, but are mm-hmm. still able to get into older networks that have not got basic controls in place. And in some respects, it's that's the sort of stuff where if you get attacked by one of those, it's, oh, really, we got this? How do we get this? We should know better than this. 
And that's the, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's that sort of thing. Um, it's, yeah. Look, you've, you've, you've got to put protection mechanisms in place these days. We actually looked at this, the, um, the Essential Eight, which mm-hmm. talks about um, here are the eight basic principles that we want people to be putting into their, uh, into their network, into their businesses to make sure that they've, they've got all the fundamentals covered. One of those is backups. One of those, uh, when you and there's three levels of that, and once you get past level one, saying you've got sort of a monthly backup, a weekly backup, plus you've got a copy of that backup stored somewhere that is non-rewritable and non-erasable. Now, there's some conjecture read, about exactly write, what that means. Write once, read many. That sounds like a worm drive, Scott. The old worm drives, the old, yes. Write once, read many. Um, those are, There are versions of tape drives available that only allow uh, writing to once. And once you've written, to, it's a bit like a, a, a non-rewritable CD. Yep. Um, once you've written to them, they're written. You, you just can't erase them. There's no, they're not made that way physically. Um, so um, that that is one approach, which is very good. But clearly, you've got to work out what, where are your risks and is that the level you want to go to. Um, we were debating this a little bit in the industry this week over um, should this be uh, is sending it to a third party cloud provider where you don't have access to a, a raise considered to be non erasable. And I sort of look at that and go, well, you may not be able to erase it. Somebody else may be able to break in and erase it. I, I don't know. It's, so, it's, it's a, there's a fine line there. So backups are really important. Um, having your files somewhere where, where there's some kind of ransomware protection is import, important. Yes. But there's some other things which are important as well. And I, I was I was reading this on um, 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 uh, scamwatch.gov.au, um, and I'm going to go there now. Um, so I because they've got some super information on that. Um, I some tend really to read simple... different things when I've got spare time, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but but there's some really useful information. You know, one of the things as a yeah. business owner is you can't anymore turn around and say, "Well, it's my IT provider's problem; it's not mine." You can't abrogate yeah. your responsibility. Um, and so so they've come up with some ways to protect yourself. And, and let's see if you agree with these. One, keep your computer security up to date with up-to-date antivirus, anti-spyware, a good firewall, and patch your machine. Yes. Right? That, Run I a think virus. that one alone is going to take the medical industry by storm. <laughs> yes. Um, don't connect to a public Wi-Fi hotspot. Uh, in, in general, no. Um, but these days, you've, you've sort of got to assume if you if you understand what you're doing, internet is internet, yep. and you've got to assume that wherever you go, someone's going to be watching everything that you transmit or receive. And providing you're set up to take that into account, you're okay. But sure. yes, most of the public Wi-Fi hotspots, if they're free, then you're getting exactly what you paid for. They are collecting data on you. They're watching your traffic. They're harvesting things that you are doing. And I've seen this. I've seen organisations that actually do this. They go around and provide the free Wi-Fi in public spaces, and then they'll go and sell the data back to the shops and the tenancies going, we know that from every 1,000 people that come through here, uh, you know, certain percent are in this age bracket, certain percent are either like male or female, certain percent have got these types of jobs, and they're looking for these types of things. And that way yep. you get this profile that you can then promote to a shop that may fit that very well, and they'll pay for that. Sure. But this is all coming out of things you're doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so some of the other things they're saying is choose passwords and pins that would be difficult for others to guess. I'd say multi-factor authentication. Multi-factor authentication is key. 
Um, and a good password helps as well because brute force attacking uh, is not as hard as it used to be. And that's actually where... Yeah, that's actually where some of this started. That um, the uh, these Russian groups. Um, there was an article, uh, a document published by the um, U.S. Uh, cyber area and the FBI and a couple of other places just about a week ago, talking about the history of all this. They've actually gone very, quite public with it, and it's, it's interesting because they used to just refer to these things as people in other countries doing stuff, but they've actually gone and said, no, no, this country. These people, they're called this, they're this group, this is what they're doing, this is what they used to do, and they're actually quite explicit. So it's interesting to see where this is going. But um, this is um, this is where we're starting to get to the pointy end of the stick with all of this, and I'm just waiting to see what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I've, I've just put that in the comments, um, the, the link to the um, uh, significant cyber incidents report coming mm. from um, the Centre for Stry Strategic and International Studies, as well as the Essential 8, um, as well as the link to ScamWatch. So there's a whole bunch of resources <laughs> around the one today. So much easier doing, you can do a lot more from here than you can from the pub, funnily enough. <laughs> well, that's, well, you've got better Wi-Fi here. Absolutely. I've just, um, because um, uh, we've got another week of lockdown and the kids are doing remote learning, I've just upped my internet plan to a, a gig from 500 megs, which I, I normally keep it. So, I wonder what the DY Hotel's doing at the moment. Uh, but that, this internet's better than the DY Hotel's internet, I'll guarantee that. Well, no internet was better when we were there last. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that worked for some reason, I don't know why. Anyway. Cool. So, you know, there's going to be businesses here, just to conclude who are going, you know, um, and I know that CompTIA are doing a bunch of things to help out these, mm. these businesses and these these MSPs, but you go, I'm, I trusted my MSP to solve this, and the MSP is going, well, I trusted my vendor not to have this problem, and so there's, there's this new set of trust issues. If you're yeah. a business owner, and I know you're an MSP, um, and so so I guess to, to MSP land, boy, choose your tools carefully, but this could happen to anyone, so I'm not going to have that conversation. But if you're a business owner, what do you need to watch for? What do you need to make sure is happening to protect yourself from these kind of incidents? I, 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 look, I think part of this is you've got to take a level of ownership and responsibility over your data. Sure, you can get someone else to manage it for you and to help and guide you and everything, but you, it's still your data and learn a little bit about what the issues are. Take some responsibility Talk with your MSP about what's happening. What are you doing to protect me? Is this is this right? Um, and even to the point of get a third party involved to say, well, what does good look like? Hey, MSP, are you meeting these criteria? And to some degree, that's where the essential aid can come in. That's free on the uh, cyber.gov.au site. Yep, and um, I put a link in the comments. Yeah. So. Look, the, the, if your business gets attacked uh, and you've had all these fundamental systems in place you've done all the right things no one's going to look at you and say well yeah that's really bad you just weren't doing the right thing you, you know it's going to be well yeah that's well that's really complex you've actually um that would have been difficult to do but if you've got nothing in place and you, you know you don't update your antivirus you're using old machines you you, you know you, you turn all this port forwarding on in your firewalls for your games that you've run from your business locations that open up this stuff to random people overseas and one day you find, oh, I've been hacked like six times overnight. Well, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, you know, for you've sure. You've got to take some basic precautions. Yeah, yeah you're, you're definitely right, Scott. And, and I, I think that's a good place to leave it because we're coming up on the 30-minute mark and we normally don't do 30-minute wind-downs. So I think we've done well today. What an interesting topic. Yeah, how about that? 
I feel very secure now. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> hey um um to everybody um listening and watching live or people who are watching and listening to a replay or people listening to the podcast thank you so much for being our audience we really appreciate it if you have any topics you want us to discuss please leave them down in the comments um so we, we can know and if you do like this leave us a like if you don't like it leave us a dislike um and subscribe to the weekly wind down for more interesting commentary about what's going on in tech and all that's left for me to say is scott thank you so much Okay. Thank you, Nick. And, and you know what's nice? I've got more than half a bottle of wine left to finish now. So we'll, well go you off and do go that. And secure that. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks so much, Scott. Thank you, everybody. Okay. And have a super day. Bye, everyone. See ya. <laughs>